Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. If you have your Bibles this morning, um, I want you to open them to Exodus 33. I was reading this. Uh, I was reading this uh, passage this week, and uh, I, I always knew that it was there. I knew the story, but I really dived deeper and I, I grabbed myself a, a commentary and and uh, really just did a, a a study on it. And I was just really blown away. Um, and God, you know, just spoke, spoke his word to me and I want to speak it now to you. I think this is a word that we all need to receive and I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm basically preaching out of the whole chapter of Exodus. Um, and I know Joel is probably thinking, man, you're not, my, not making my job really easy, but we're going to begin with Exodus 33, one through six. And it says this, the Lord said to Moses, depart. Go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. And I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and and, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that awesome when God gives you his blessing? Isn't that awesome when he says, do it, go get what I promised you, go and get it. But listen to this next part. He says, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments, for the Lord had said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I will consume you. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak this word to your people, my God, that, that it may be something that we may be open to receiving, Father God, so that you may have a way in, in our spirit, in our lives, my God, in the way that, that, we, that we come to you in worship, Father God. I pray, Father God, that from this moment on, our worship just changes, Father God, from this word that you are going to speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to provide a little bit of context um, uh, for, for what we just read. So the, the, the chapter before this, um, uh, the people of Israel, they, they committed a great sin against the Lord. God had just made a covenant with the Israelites, that they would be his people, that they should not have any other gods except him, and they agreed. But, you know, sometimes commitments, you know, are, are just as easy to uh, break as they are to make, right? How many of you have, have said you're going to start something and you didn't follow through with that commitment? Amen? Le- my, my daughter Layla's already on this, man. So we just finished, you know, the, we just finished the fast, 21-day fast last week. And I, I was telling Layla of the meaning of the fast and why we do it. And, and uh, she agreed that she wanted to do it next year. She wanted to let go of something for 21 days, kind of learn personal sacrifice for God. So praise God, I was, I was proud of her in that moment. And, uh, but then she said, I, I want to kind of get a little, of a, a little bit of a head start. I want a little taste of it. So as we were ending the fast, she said that she wanted to enter 21 days of eating healthy. And 
I was like, okay, cool. Um, but it was a very vague commitment. <laughs> uh, the first thing that she asked me, she said, is raising canes healthy? She, the girl loves canes, man. And I said, no, it, it, you know, it's fried chicken. You got, you know, French fries and you got the bread and it's good, but it's not healthy. She said, okay, I'm gonna keep that one though. Um, <laughs> And so, so, so Monday comes around, you know, she's got this, you know, she's entering this 21 day of eating healthy and, and, uh, we're, we're dropping off the girls at my mom's house. And, and, uh, in the morning I like to give me Dunkin' Donuts coffee because it's the best coffee ever. And, uh, it's good. Don't, don't make me preach on Dunkin'. <laughs> uh, so, so we're at Dunkin' Donuts and, and Layla says, daddy, I kind of want a donut. Uh, and so I, I get her, I get her a donut. I'm, 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 she's, she's perfectly fine. I, I knew that she wasn't going to you know, follow through, but I get her a donut. I'm not, I don't think too much about it. We get to the house my parents are there and they know about this little commitment that, that she made. And, and they ask, uh, Layla, Hey, what happened to, you know, your 21 days of, of eating healthy? I see you have a donut there. So super judgmental. Um, and then, and then, and then Layla, Layla says something and I, I kid you not. We did not train her on this. This is pure human nature. She says, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> so commitments, we all know commitments are, are uh, easy to make and they're just as easy to break. So, so the Israelites, they make this commitment to be a people devoted to God, consecrated, set apart for God. But then in Exodus 31, we read about them demanding Aaron to make them a golden calf so that they could worship it. All of this happens while Moses is away. He's on, on the mountain of God. He's, he's receiving uh, the covenant law to be delivered back to, to God's people. But they get tired of waiting. They don't know how much longer he's going to be. They presume him to be dead. And so they say, hey, we need a God, so make us one. And they replace Yahweh for an idol. And that's where this passage picks up. And so God tells Moses, leave Leave this land, leave the wilderness and go to, to the promised land. Go to the place that I, that I swore to your fathers, but I will not go with you lest I judge you along the way. And so he says, I'm going to send, I'm going to send an angel to go with you so that you have the victory because how many of you know that the God's promises are, he's going to fulfill them. He's going to do it. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And so he says, look, I'm not going to go back on my word because I, pr- I made a commitment. I made a covenant with, with Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. And so you can go to this land that I swore to them, but my presence is not going to go with you. My presence, the closeness of it, that, that thing that, that makes you so confident when you're in the presence of God. That presence that gives you a peace and assurance that if he is for you, nothing can be against you. This presence that the, the other day, Layla came downstairs because she was afraid. She had a nightmare. And, and, and she said that she was afraid as she was walking down the stairs. And I, I remember those, those moments just kind of getting chills, thinking, man, uh, there's, there's something in my spirit. And I had a reminder, hey, God is always with you. Jesus is always with you. He can drive out any darkness that you're feeling. That's the presence. That's the presence God tells Moses, it's not going to go with you. It's not going to go with you. You can have the blessing, but I'm not going to be there with you. And, and, and now we have to be clear about something. Okay. Cause God is, God is omnipresent, right? He is, he is everywhere and he is every now we forget, we, we forget that part. 
Meaning God is not just in every place. He is in every time. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. Do you know why? Because God steps outside of time. He is outside of time. He is the creator of time. He is that big. I know that it's very hard for us to comprehend that. So God telling Moses, my presence is not going to go with you. He's not saying that he's not going to see, hear, and know the state of the Israelites. He's saying access to me is going to be restricted. He's not saying I'm, I'm going to be just gone. He's saying you're not going to be able to access my presence. He's saying because my people rejected me, I will reject access to me. And this next part, this is, this is, uh, this is what I really want to talk about today. This is, this is still my intro. Uh, verses 12 through 23. This is the main text. Okay. I want you to listen to this. This is a response of Moses. You have the context. God says, you can go, you can be blessed, but I'm not going to go with you. And this is the response of Moses. He says, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found favor in, in, in my sight. If I've found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Did you, did you hear that? That was like a, that was, that was, is that simple? Is that simple? Just, just, just remind God, hey, that we are your people. Is that simple? And then, and then Moses says in, in, in verse 15, Moses said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Do, don't even bother. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other nation on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, listen to this next part. Moses, Moses said, please show me your glory. So the title of my message is not without you. Now, this is not just a title. Okay. You know, I like my titles, but this, this is more of a, it's an attitude uh, that Moses took when God said, he's not going to go with him. God says, I, I go because I promised this land to your fathers. It belongs to you. I will make a way so that you can have it, but I will not go with you. And Moses said, no, we're not going without you. Because if, if we go without you, then it's, it's like we're not even your people anymore. I, I've, I've prayed this, you know, similar prayers before I can relate to this intercessory prayer by, by Moses. You know, I've, I've told God, I've said, God, you know, I, I can preach a message. I can, I can preach a message. I can open up the word of God. And I can construct a message from there without your favor. I can lead this church. Sadly, there's been pastors who've led churches without God's favor. I've told God, God, I, in my business, I can, I can run my business on my own. People do it all the time without your favor. I, I can do it. I can be a parent 
without your favor. I can be a husband without your favor. The world does it all the time. You know, I know this is kind of a thing that we don't say, right? But, but truthfully, God allows people to do life without him. And sometimes you look at them and they're like, man, they're killing it. They're, they're killing it in their business. They're killing it in their leadership. They're killing it as parents and as, as a couple. And they don't even have God. God allows that to happen sometimes. So technically, I could do it, but I don't want to do it. And I've told this to God. God, I, I, I know that I can do it, but I don't, I don't want to do it. And not, I don't just not want to do it without you. I won't do it without you. I won't even try because I want what I do to mean something in eternity. I don't want it just to look good in the temporary. I want it to, I want it to, uh, to uh, transcend the temporary. I want to make an impact in your kingdom, not just my kingdom. So I can live my life without you, but I don't want to. Not without you. And I'm wondering how many of us would say that. This morning, not without you and my going and everything that I do, I want every decision that I make to be inspired by God. I want him in my relationships. I want him in my business meetings. I want him at my job. I want him in my education. I want him in my marriage. I want him in my children. I I, I need him in every aspect of my life. Every aspect. Even if I have the blessing, I don't want it without you. See, Moses' prayer, it, it, it tells God what God desires to hear from his people. This is what he desires from his people. I desire nothing but you. Nothing. You know that song? Uh, I'm not here for blessings. Come on. Jesus, you don't know me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Amen. That's, 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 the, that's the essence of that song. See, Canaan is supposed to be this land flowing with blessings, flowing with milk and honey. That sounds great to Moses, who's been eating this, this manna from heaven, probably doesn't have any flavors, probably got no butter on it, no, no garlic on it. It's not toasted, right? It just fell from heaven to, to, to keep us, you know, surviving. He's in the wilderness. Milk and honey. Sounds good. It's flowing with it. It's got the vegetation. It's got everything that that we don't have here in the wilderness. I want the blessing. I want to take my people there because it's a promise that we've been looking forward to. But if you're not going to go with us, it doesn't even matter. It means nothing without God's presence. This is something that we need to realize in life that we can have all the blessings. We can achieve greatness and we can, we can gain the whole world. But if we don't have God, it's going with us and we have nothing. When you look at the life of Moses, you know, through the scriptures, you kind of you see a, 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 a maturity in his, in his life. See, before, when, when Moses was called by God, do you remember his kind of timidness? God reveals his glory in the form of a burning bush. And he gives him an assignment. And Moses says, 
God, why me? Like, I don't really want to do this. Like, is there no one else? And he's giving them all these excuses. And what if they don't listen to me? And, you know, what if I can't speak eloquently? In fact, I have a stutter. I can't, I can't really do it. Is there not anyone else? I don't really want to go. And, and he's reverent of the presence of God, but he kind of wants to run away. And the only reason that he, that he accepts is because out of fear, out of reverence, and out of obedience... In that moment. But in that first encounter that Moses had with the glory of God, we don't see him asking for more of God. If anything, he's probably wanting a little bit less. God, can you not be so, you know, intrusive on my life? Can you just kind of let me live my life? I just fled Egypt. I just, I just ran away from there. You want me to go back there? He's not wanting to get deeper into the presence of God at first. At first, it might even be a little inconvenient for him. But then after Moses accepts his calling, we see a development in his spirit, in his, in his, in his leadership. He begins talking more with God, right? Because he's a prophet of God. He has to spend time with God. We see him going up to the mountain in solitude to seek God and to hear word from God. He goes into the tent of meeting and and the cloud descends. uh, uh, God's presence descends on the tent as he's talking to him, as if he's talking to him face to face. And this relationship with Yahweh has grown and matured during the process of his calling. And we see that when we read it. And, And just a side note for a second, that's usually what happens When you accept God's calling over your life. Amen. When you accept a challenge, especially when you don't want it. When you don't want it, like Moses kind of didn't want it. Like I didn't really want to be a pastor six years ago when I was called to it. But when you take on, when you, when you take on that commitment and you say, okay, to God, it forces you to go deeper with him. It forces you to want to understand him more. It forces you to want to be led by him. And so naturally you're going to seek him more so that it's not you doing anything. It's him. And so that's what we see in Moses. So this event here that we just read, this is the culmination of all that time of Moses getting to know God and getting to experience God. And Moses and God getting to know Moses. I want you to notice something. Verse, uh, verses 12 through 13. It says, yet you, you have said, I know you by name. I know you by name. And you have also found favor in my sight. If I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. So I want you to, I want you to notice something. The, the Hebrew word for know is yada. Y-A-D-A, yada. Our English word for no doesn't at all capture the full meaning of the Hebrew word. The word yada is not knowledge by facts, it's knowledge by experience. And so, so in Genesis, this word is used when speaking of Adam and his wife. Adam knew his wife, he was having an intimate experience with his wife. God told Jeremiah regarding uh, King Josiah, uh, God says he defended the cause of the poor and the needy. Is this not what it means to know God? So Moses getting to know God didn't mean that he was, he was asking God some questions about his nature. Oh God, so okay, you're, you're omniscient, cool. What else? Omnipresent, cool. That is, he's not knowing God by facts, he's knowing him by experience. 
He's knowing him by encounters. He's, he's knowing him by, by intimacy. And so at this point in the story of Moses, in this moment, it's not about Moses' calling anymore. It's not about the promised land. It's not about the plan of redemption. Not that those things don't matter. They absolutely do. But in this moment, it's truly about God's presence. That's it. God, it's not about me. It's not about what you have called me to do. It's not about the promised land that you swore to my fathers. It's just about you and me. I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. See, God is a big God, church. Amen. He's a big God. And, and when we seek him, we seek him in different aspects. We, div- we, we seek different parts of him. And so Moses, for example, Moses knows what it is to seek the hands of God. When God provided for them in the wilderness, he sought the hands of God. Moses has sought a word from God when he wasn't sure what to say. And he says, God, give me the words to speak because I'm going to return. And what if they ask me who sent me? Tell me what to say. So he sought a word from God. Moses sought the feet of God when he needed direction. But maybe for the first time recorded in scripture, Moses seeks all of God. You ain't getting it this morning. You ain't getting it because a lot of times we seek certain aspects of God and we want to come to church and we hear that the prophet is coming and we want to, we, we want to get a word. I want a word from me. I want you to speak to me. I want you to tell me what I need to do. I need direction. I'm having a, a hard time right now making a decision. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. But for the first time, Moses is saying, you know, none of that matters. I just want to have an experience with you. That is what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. It's not asking God for anything. It's saying, God, I just, just show me your glory. It's not about what you can provide. It's not about what you, where you can lead me or what you can do. It's simply about your presence. Because if I don't have your presence, I might as well have nothing. So my question for the week, I guess, is when... When was the last time in your life that God's presence was enough? Just his presence. Maybe it's been a while. Come on. Come on. Can we, can we just be honest this morning? When, when was the last time all we needed was his presence? Maybe every time you go to God, it's, it, it's, it, it's a request. We don't even realize how naturally we put that, that word request, Brother Abraham, behind the word prayer. Prayer request, like it's a time where we go asking things from God. Prayer requests. When was the last time your prayer wasn't about you? Maybe it's been a minute. We've taken for granted the presence, the presence of God that goes with us everywhere we go. I don't want to take God's presence for granted. I don't want it. I don't want to forget about the glory of God in my seeking the things of God. You know, I don't believe that God really intended to not go with the Israelites. I don't think he intended to stop being their people. See, God is not just omnipresent. He's also omniscient, meaning he sees into the future. He knows how everything is going to play out. God knew that the people... We're going to mourn at the, at the news that God wasn't going to go with him. He knew that Moses was going to ask for his presence. But he needed his people to ask. 
he needed his people to realize, man, if I don't have anything, if I don't have your presence, I have nothing. He needed his people to, to spark within them a desire for his presence. And so God says that his, God tells Moses his, his presence is not going to be with them any, no, uh, any longer because God knows, just as we all know, that, that, that you want what you know you can't have. So God says, I'm just going to take it away. And Moses realizes, man, I can't do this without you. I won't do this without you. And maybe God has taken a, a step back in your life. Maybe you feel that God has removed himself um, from, from, from certain aspects, maybe from your finances. You're like, oh, where you at, man? Where you at in my finances? Where, you, where are you in, in, in this business startup? Where are you in, in my corporate life? And I've been asking for a raise and I've been asking for promotion and I've been applying for jobs and nothing. And, and where, is your, where is your presence in these aspects of my life? You might feel, you might not even feel God's presence when you come to church during the week. And, and you're going through the motions and you're lifting your hands and you're, raising, and you're raising your voice and you're singing the songs and you're doing everything that you think worship is supposed to look like. But you can't feel the essence of God. Could it be that God wants you to ask for more of him? Could it be that God wants you to, des- to desire him and, and, and burn for him? God, I need you. I need you. I need you more because I don't want to do life without you. You might think it's, it, it's, it's even kind of mean of God to do that. But I was realizing I, I do that to my daughter sometimes. Layla, when Layla was younger, you know, she, uh, she didn't like me very much. Um, she, she favored mommy. Um, and, uh, she would, she would, you know, not want to be with me. I would want to, you know, carry her and she would, she'd be, she'd want to go with mommy. And so I'd, I'd kind of, I'd kind of do some things like messed up. So I thought, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to leave. You don't want me. You don't want me anymore. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Let's see how you and mommy are going to eat. Be raising canes every day. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then right away, I, I get the gratification of that, right? Because she says, no, daddy, don't leave. She hugs me and she, she, she reminds me that, you know, she really does love me. And, and, and she's, she's reminded herself, like, man, if I, if I don't have my dad in my life, I, I, don't, I don't even want to think about that. And so sometimes God takes a step back in our life so that we can, we can remember how much we need him, how much we desire him. And it's in those moments that it's so important for us to, to ask. Could it be that God wants you to ask for his presence? Could it be that God wants you to demand his going with you so that he sees your heart and your passion? And, and the only reason he, he has seemed to restrict himself is because he wants you to want him. Maybe your life is, is going pretty well right now, but, but you, can't, you can't feel God in your everyday. And we need worshipers who would say, God, I can gain the whole world, but if I don't have you, all of it means nothing. I can't go on without you. Moses says, show me your glory. I'm gonna have the worship team come up. I love this part. He says, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to, I want to have a new experience with you. 
I love, I love that because after, after God says, okay, to his request, right? So Moses is praying and he's saying, God, remember, we are your people and, and we're not going to go to the promised land without you. We need you to go with us. And so God says, okay, I'll, you know what? My presence is going to go with you. Many times our, our prayer would stop right there. We would say, thank you, Jesus. We would, we would, we would uh, text everybody and give God uh, all the glory. And, and we would tell everybody of the testimony that we received because God answered our prayer. But Moses doesn't do that. He goes a step further. He says, okay, you're going to go with this praise God. But now show me your glory. I'm not done yet. And, and in doing so, this really tells God, man, how much Moses really does desire his presence show me your, he already he already got what he asked for but it wasn't enough so he says show me your glory and the beautiful thing that's going to have to be a different message is that God doesn't even show him all of his glory right he tells Moses you can't handle all of my glory you can't handle my face. You, no one has seen me face to face and, and live. You can't handle it. So what you're going to get, you're, what you're going to get is the after effects. You're going to get the afterglow. Man, how, how mighty is God's presence that, that he can that all he can really show us is the after effects of his glory. Not even all of it. But I want to, I want to ask you today. Who here says, God, I don't, I don't want anything else right now. I, 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 want, I just want you. I just want your presence. I want your presence. That's it. I want to have an experience with you. I want to have an encounter with you. What I want to do right now is I want to, I want to open up the altars. And I want us to have that experience. I want us to, the only thing that we ask for is, God, your presence in this place. I don't know, can we sing that song again? Uh, heaven come. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.